Hello, and welcome to the Cheat Sheet NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Godfrey. This is episode number one, the pilot episode, if you will. And I figured since this is the first episode, we should probably start off with the biggest NFL news this offseason so far. Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And everybody loves the Bucs. They're going to win their division. They're going to win the conference. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They've got Brady, Gronk. Antonio Brown might be signing there. There's new speculation of that. And I don't think they have nearly enough. I think the hardest thing for fans to do, and not just fans, you know, everybody, analysts, I do it myself sometimes. I think the hardest thing for us to do as as sports fans is remove the name from the player. We all have a problem with that. Um, How many times have we seen an all-time great player go to a new team late in his career, have all these expectations, and he just can't live up to it? It happens all the time. I think that's what's going to happen here with Brady. Brady was not good last year. And look, I defended him. You know, there was a lot of problems with that Patriots offense last year. Edelman was playing hurt. Sanu was playing hurt. Josh Gordon did what Josh Gordon does. Nikhil Harry, he was on IR for most of the year. There was no tight end. The center was out for the year with blood clots. So it's not all on Brady. But I watched every Patriots game last year, and Brady did not look good. There was a lot of underthrows, a lot of accuracy issues. I think his arm is getting worse. And I found a really interesting stat. So last year, Tom Brady's completion percentage was 60%. That's not bad. If you're completing 60% or more, you know, you're doing good as a quarterback in the NFL. However, on deep passes, Tom Brady's completion percentage went all the way down to 40. Now, that's not unusual. Every quarterback's completion percentage is going to go down on deep passes. They're harder to complete. Wide receivers are running more complicated routes. Um, The ball could get picked off. A lot more could happen on a deep ball, obviously. but. You look at Drew Brees, deep pass completion percentage, 48%. Deshaun Watson, 44%. Patrick Mahomes, 50%. Dak Prescott, I know he's polarizing. Some people think he's good, some people don't. Deep passes last year, Dak Prescott was 46%. So when you look at other quarterbacks that you would say are in the top five, top ten, They have a much better completion percentage on deep passes than Tom Brady. I think Brady's arm is starting to go. And when you watch Gronk, his last year in the league, he didn't look good either. He couldn't separate. He was relying solely, he was only relying on his size. He wasn't creating any separation. He's injury prone. You know he's going to miss at least four or five games a year. He always does. Now, I I do think Gronk will help way more in the running game. 
because the Buccaneers had a shaky offensive line last year. And I think Gronk is still a really good uh, blocker. So I think he'll help there. But don't expect 1,100 yards and a Pro Bowl from Gronk. That's not going to happen. Also, think about this. Brady and Gronk are going from the AFC to the NFC. And if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, think about this. The New Orleans Saints, your division rival, they're going to be in the playoffs. Okay, they're too talented not to be. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. They're loaded. They're going to be in the playoffs. Now, whether that's as the division leader or the wild card, we don't know yet, but they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. You look at the North, Packers, Vikings, I could see them both in the playoffs. Dallas, Philly, I could see them both in the playoffs. The Seahawks will be there. There's only six spots available. And you also have to ask yourself, who will be the surprise team? Because, you know, we see that every year. There's always one or two teams that everybody says is not going to be good. And they shock everybody. Could it be the Cardinals? Kyler Murray has a year under his belt. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. It could be them. Sean McVay is a good coach. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rams bounce back. I really think in the NFC, there's going to be one or two teams, one or two good teams that are going to have to sit at home. Okay? This isn't the AFC East anymore. Brady and Gronk don't get to just beat up on the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills for six games every year. It's not going to happen. And the other thing is the Buccaneers are going to get everybody's best. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter if they're playing a team that's 9-2 and two or 2-9. Two and nine. This team has the target on its back. And Brady... And Gronk can do everything they can to try and minimize that. But we all know. We all know everybody loves the Bucs. I'm sure there's a lot of teams, players, and coaches that are tired of hearing about the Bucs. Bucs are going to do this. Bucs are going to do that. They're going to get everyone's best. So here's my prediction for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Bucs are going to start off hot. Brady will be rejuvenated. Gronk will be rejuvenated. He'll have had a year off in football. We don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands or not, but if there is, there's going to be an infectious energy in Tampa Bay. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucks start out 3-1 and one or even 4-1. and one. But I think as the season progresses, Gronk is going to start taking more and more hits. His body will start to break down like it always does. Brady is going to look old. And I think this team, after starting out hot, eventually ends up at 9-7, and seven, missing the playoffs. And if they're lucky enough to sneak in the back door of the playoffs, I think this team gets bounced in the first round. I'm just not sold on them. I'm not. And now everybody is saying, well, 
they could sign Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown is obviously a good player, but I'll be honest. If A.B. goes to the Bucks, I'm even more confident in what I've just said. Because think about this. If Antonio Brown signs with the Bucks, this is what you have to bank on. You have to bank on A.B. not being a head case for an entire year. You need Gronk to play a full schedule. And you need Tom Brady at 43 years old to basically not look old. That's what you need from the Bucks if you think they're going to get where you want them to get. I just think that's too much. I wouldn't put my money on it. So that's what I have for the Bucks. Nine and seven, no playoffs. And since we've been talking about Brady, or since I've been talking about Brady, let's talk about his former team. Let's talk about the quarterback that could possibly be replacing Brady in New England, Cam Newton. Um, Cam recently signed a one-year deal with New England Patriots. It's basically a vet minimum contract. Um, 550000 of it is guaranteed, which is just ridiculous for a guy like Cam Newton. Um, about a million dollars base pay. Now, the contract could get up to $7.5 million with incentives. So here's my big takeaway on this whole Cam to New England thing. Number one, obviously, there was no market for Cam. There was none. Um, The Panthers tried to trade him, couldn't find a partner. And, you know, I can't I can't hate on anybody for not trading for Cam with those injuries at that price. Um, But they you know, the Panthers released him in late March. They didn't do Cam any favors by releasing him that late. You know, almost two months after the Super Bowl, most teams already had their quarterback situation figured out by then. Um, There was the report that Cam didn't want to be a backup. And honestly, I believe it. You know, I could because that report came out and then another one came out shortly after that saying, no, you know, Cam's open to all possibilities. Um, I believe the first report. I don't think Cam wanted to be a backup. I think Cam, I think it would be, I think it would have been hard for him to be a backup at first. You know, being a f- former MVP, all the success that he's had in the league to now go and be a backup. I don't think he wanted that. I don't think it was until him, until Cam and his agent saw that there really was no interest that they decided to put the new report out. Yeah, he's willing to be a backup. But I really don't think he was planning on being a backup at all. I don't think he wanted to be. Um, Teams were obviously scared of his injuries. You know, we don't, Cam's been injured on and off the past couple years. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't really looked good at times. And I really think this whole coronavirus, and I'm surprised more people haven't been talking about this, but I think the coronavirus really didn't help Cam either because, you know, Cam can say all he wants that he's healthy. His agent can say all he wants that he's healthy. You can send, you know, reports and all that. But at the end of the day, these teams want their team doctor to look at Cam. And I think 
travel has been difficult because of the whole virus. And I think that actually made things a lot harder for Cam. And, you know, he ends up at the Pats, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think this was going to happen. Um, I knew the Pats would take him on a friendly deal um, because that's who they are. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, basically says, you know, if you want to play here, you have to play for my price. You know, that's what they do. Uh, my second takeaway is that Cam believes he can beat out Jared Stidham. You know, he, he I, I think he, I think he's very confident he can beat out Jared Stidham. Because think about this, if you're Cam, you have no offers on the table. All right, you talk to the Browns, that didn't really go anywhere. You have a contract from the Patriots that's basically all incentives. With this whole coronavirus, you don't know if there's going to be a season. Even if there is, you don't know what it's going to look like or if it's going to finish. And you're only 31 years old. So why not take a year off? Seriously. I mean, I know everybody's saying, oh, no, you know, Cam needs to prove that, you know, he's willing to be a backup. He's willing to be a team player, this, that. No, forget all that. Why not take the year off? Why not say, hey, I've been beat up and banged up the past couple of years. I'm going to take this year off and I'm going to come back stronger. Because honestly, I think if the I think if a team like the Texans offered this contract to Cam, he doesn't take it. I think if a team like Green Bay offers this contract to Cam, he doesn't take it. He's not going anywhere on this contract as a backup where there's already an established starting quarterback. I think he took this contract because, A, he believes he can beat out Jared Stidham. And second and more importantly, Cam's probably looking at it from this angle. Okay, the money isn't great, but I go to New England. I become the starting quarterback. I'm going to look real good. I'll be under the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. I'll be under the, you know, maybe the best offensive coordinator in the league, Josh McDaniels. Honestly, they'll probably make me look a little bit better than I really am. And I ball out. And the next year, whether it's New England or another team, sign a huge contract. I think New England is the only place that made sense for Cam. I don't think he takes this contract from pretty much any other team. I think Bill Belichick being there, Josh McDaniels being there, the fact that they don't have an established quarterback, I think Cam was thinking about all of these things when he signed this contract. And lastly, my last takeaway on all of this is, <laughs> once again, New England has the best quarterback in the AFC East. If Cam is healthy, and I know that's a big if, but if Cam is healthy, he's the best quarterback in the East. Even if Cam can never get back 
100% to what he once was, if he can at least get back to 90% of what he once was and be 100% healthy, Cam Newton's the best. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know what he is. Tua, he's an injury-prone rookie. Sam Darnold's good, but not great, at least not great yet. And I'm not sold on Josh Allen. I'm not. And that's a whole nother discussion for a, a different day. But I am not sold on Josh Allen. I saw this the other day. And it just it just blew my mind. The New England Patriots are the first team in NFL history to lose an MVP quarterback and gain an MVP quarterback in the same season. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just so Belichick. It really is. I think Cam is going to be the best quarterback in the AFC East this year. If Cam Newton is 100% healthy, New England will be 11-5 and five and win this division once again. Now, lastly, let's talk about Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams has officially requested a trade from the Jets. Um, this past year, there's been, there's been negotiations. Obviously, they didn't really go anywhere. Adams wants to get paid. He's going to have to go somewhere else to get that. Um, it was reported that Jamal Adams does have preferred trade destinations, those teams being the Cowboys, Ravens, Niners, Seahawks, Eagles, Chiefs, and Texans. Um, the Jets are doing the right thing here. They are. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. Jamal Adams was drafted in 2017. Since then, the Jets have gone 5-11, and 4-12, and and 7-9. and And if you've watched the Jets for, oh, I don't know, since Joe Namath, they don't need any help winning five, six to game, five or six games a year. They can do that on their own. They don't need Jamal Adams to win six games a year. They're very good at that. And let me be clear. I'm not saying those records are all on Adams. I'm not saying it's all his fault because he's a really good player. I think he's one of the 10 best defensive players in the entire league. But he's a safety. He can't have huge impact on the game. I know we're a pro player anti-organization. I know that's what we're supposed to be. But imagine this. Imagine you are the owner of the Jets. You've been averaging about six wins a year for the past few years. You have a really good player that probably wants 15, 16, 17 million a year. So you ask your general manager, okay, if I sign him, how many more games are we going to win? Oh, we're still probably going to win about five or six. Oh, okay. Are we going to be competing for the division if I give him this contract? No, probably not. I mean, if you're the owner, does that make sense? No, of course it doesn't. If you're the Jets, you still have a pretty good quarterback in Sam Darnold. and. You really don't know what he is yet. He's 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 flashed. 
and he's shown you some good things. I think you trade Jamal Adams, get some picks. You could, I think you could easily, at the minimum, get a first and a third for Jamal Adams. Get Sam Darnold some more help. Get him another receiver. He could use one of those. Get him some more help on the O-line and see what you really have in this kid. Because if he's the real deal, this is the one you're going to want to pay. You're going to want to pay the quarterback. If the Raiders can trade Khalil Mack, who's a pass rusher, who actually plays one of the three most important positions on the football field, the Jets can get rid of Jamal Adams. And so here are my top three trade destinations for Jamal Adams. Number one, I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. I say that because they're an NFC team. And typically when an NFL team trades a really, really good player, they always prefer to trade him to the other conference. That way they don't have to see him as much. Um, the 49ers obviously made the Super Bowl this past year. It didn't work out for them. I think they'll want to make a splash. So that's my number one team, the 49ers. Second team is the Seahawks. Okay. They have all their picks. And I think Pete Carroll has done a really good job at rebuilding the Seahawks since the Legion of Boom days. You know, Russell Wilson is good. Um, actually, Russell Wilson is elite. Um, I shouldn't even say he's good. He's elite. Um, Tyler Lockett has become a really good receiver. DK Metcalf is a good number two. I think Pete Carroll has almost everything with this team figured out, but he hasn't been able to nail the defense yet. And I think bringing in a guy like Jamal Adams can take that defense over the top. And lastly, number three. I'm going to say the Houston Texans. We know Bill O'Brien is not scared to make deals. Titans were in the AFC championship game. And I just really think, you know, knowing how Bill O'Brien works, I think Jamal Adams is the type of player that he would want on his team. And he's, like I said, we saw the, the DeAndre Hopkins deal. You know, he doesn't listen to anybody. And he just goes out there, does what he needs to do. And it really wouldn't surprise me if he got his hands on Jamal Adams. So those are my three teams. 49ers, number one, the Seahawks, number two, and the Houston Texans at number three. Jamal Adams will be going to one of those three teams. And by the way, Cowboys fans, listen to me closely. You are not getting Jamal Adams. It's not happening, okay? Amari Cooper, $20 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott, huge contract. Dak Prescott is about to get a massive contract. There's this thing called the salary cap. There's no way Jamal Adams ends up in Dallas. I know that's what all the networks are running with right now because everybody loves the Cowboys. But trust me, there is no way Jamal Adams is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. It's not happening. No way. So there you have it. That was episode number one of the Cheat Sheet NFL podcast. Once again, 
My name is Tony Godfrey. I am the host. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. And hopefully you'll join me next week.